Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Anilo Piro of My Life Sports back at it again with the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. This episode of the 20th and Blake podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It is the 28th of May here in the Mile High City, and not a whole lot going on um, in the baseball world, really, since the last time we spoke last week here on the 20th and Blake podcast, but um, we're going to fill you in with all the news and notes around Major League Baseball and anything pertaining to your Colorado Rockies here um, on the 28th of May. And it's really, we've kind of taken a step in the wrong direction here, folks, um, and we're going to dive into this throughout the podcast, but Major League Baseball really has no idea what the hell they're doing um there's there's no other way to put it the players don't know what they're doing the owners don't know what they're doing and there's people like you and i anyone that's listening to this that considers himself a general fan of the game that is you know left to suck their thumbs so it's an unfortunate time to be a baseball fan um especially you know as the nhl and the nba you know are starting to put together plans towards you know restarting their season and getting games back up and running here um hopefully within the next month or so but um i want to start off here on this on this 28th of may at 2 45 in the afternoon to say that i ate at a restaurant I actually went and ate at a restaurant. It was incredible. I ate at the restaurant. Like, I didn't take it to go, and I didn't take it home and eat it. Like, I ate at the restaurant with silverware, with other people eating at the restaurant. My face mask was on while I was waiting for my food, but by the time the food like, but by the time the food came over, I was able to take it off. And um, I went to the lovely Blake Street Tavern um, downtown, right across the street there from Coors Field. Um, had uh, went out with my father. We had a couple buffalo chicken wraps. I had a blue moon. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, seriously, I, I really took for granted what it was like to go outside, enjoy a beer, you know, in the sunshine, and eat some dang food. It was so awesome. It was absolutely liberating. And I just wanted to start off the podcast on a positive note, um, given kind of all the negativity we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But shout out to the owner, Chris, over at Blake Street. Shout out to Blake Street Tavern, my main man, Fish, um, Darren, Dan, you know I love you, my guy, one of my best friends. Um, all the employees over there at Blake Street Tavern as well, really excited to have you guys back open. Uh, I'm going to be there a lot now moving forward, grabbing some brews, grabbing some food as well. So shout out to Blake Street Tavern and, and shout out to all the other restaurants and uh, all the other places that have opened up here recently um, in the last couple days or so, um, ever since Governor Polis has given the AOK. So just want to start out the episode by saying that because if you can, if you feel safe, you should really go out and support your local businesses. I know a lot of them um, are open for business slowly but surely at a limited capacity, but you know, if you find yourself with a little extra money in your wallet and you can go out, you know, to have a meal, you know, go support a local business, go out and support some of these local people because, you know, the last couple months have been very, very tough on them. So, um, and, you know, like I was saying, the sun is shining. It's great weather right now. Um, there's good beers on tap, all that stuff. While there may not be sports going on, there's um, certainly some camaraderie to be found at these uh, at these places. And, you know, soon enough, hopefully within the next couple of months, things will be back to normal. And, you know, these owners and these uh, workers will remember you for, you know, supporting them, helping them, help, helping these restaurants and whatnot, these establishments getting back on their feet through these tough times. So go check out your local businesses, guys. Um, speaking of a local business, I guess that's what the Rockies technically are, um, being that they are a Colorado-based business. And there's not a lot of Rockies news. I mean, there's really no Rockies news um, for this podcast. We're going to ba basically just be talking about the league um, because nothing has. there's been really no progress has been made from last week to this week. Um, there is no official start date that has been set for MLB. There is no... Nothing appears to be coming on the horizon either. You know, there there's there appear, there appears to be no plan in place um, by any means to get baseball back up and running. And there's been a you know a series of unfortunate events that have kind of played out here over the last couple of days that you know have really started to cast a sense of doubt over the state of the season. And I don't really I I think baseball is still going to happen. I really do. It, but just some of the stuff that has been coming out here lately ha has been just really disheartening in regards to the state of the game moving forward for. 
the 2020 season. And most notably, let's talk about Max Scherzer's comments from yesterday, yesterday being Wednesday evening. Um, Scherzer came out on Twitter, um, and he said, after discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB any further um, in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of appropriated salaries, and there's no justification to accept the second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing their same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would be complete would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. So what does that mean? Basically, Max Scherzer, who is a high-ranking official within the players uh, players union, you know, he has a very large say. He just won a World Series. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. He came out and basically said that under no circumstances should the players consider negotiating with the ownership if it involves them taking yet another play uh, another salary uh, cut. And to refresh your memory here, um, players back in March agreed to a uh, to take a prorated salary based upon the number of games that would be played during the season. So essentially, you know, instead of Nolan Arenado getting his guaranteed thirty five million dollars a year, whatever it is, he would be paid he would be paid based upon the amount of games that baseball would play um, during however long that season would be, given the coronavirus. So. Um, Mad Max basically uh, told the play, told the owners to go shove it. Um, the union basically told the, the owners to go shove it, and the players are not in favor of any means in, in taking another salary um, cut, given that they feel that they already did that back in March. So it, it's a very confusing situation, one that is not very straightforward. So I have a list of notes here that I kind of want to run through with some dates that can kind of just give us a whole explanation as to how we got here. Um, obviously, we all know the coronavirus pandemic became, you know, became a thing back in March. We saw the NBA and the NHL shut down and there was this kind of just state of like nothingness for about a month and a half two months and then on May 12th that's when the big news came out um well May 11th actually is when the owners agreed um to to their to their deal to present to the players association and really ever since that fo- moment forward so since May 12th talks between the two sides started and there's really been little to no progress made on a deal since that front um so let's go ahead and just give some highlights of the initial deal that the pl- that the owners had agreed upon to so um under the initial deal that the owners agreed to back in um in Mo- what was this May 11th sorry all my dates are confused right now um, the propo- that this proposed season would start in July, would have an expanded playoff format, and would feature a long list of safety protocols from Major League Baseball and team personnel. And, and the big three bullet points that would be different from a traditional LB season under the current proposed plan from the owners are this. There would be 82 games as opposed to the traditional 162 games. There would be a 30-man active roster with twenty pl- with a 20-player taxi squad. So it, the, the taxi squad would essentially be a hybrid between players that are not on the active roster, but that could be switched from the active and non-active roster pretty easily um, that would you know help accommodate pitchers and some of these other players with a shortened season and the other big point being a 14 teams in the postseason with games played in home cities during October so those are the big um, you know kind of circumstances that, that the owners have kind of you know thrown towards the way of the players and the players have been accepting of, of a couple of these things specifically the designated hitter um, which is I think is awesome you know t- from what I'm seeing here from reports and uh, specifically CBS sports reporting here that the players you know are wel- have welcomed the idea of implementing the designated hitter in the National League for the 2020 season you know they think that that would help the arms of the pitchers who have had to kind of readjust their throwing schedules here um, and, and you know I think that this is the way that the game was progressing anyway you know with the, with the universal DH so 
that was great. Um, really nice to see. And, and really, like I said, everyone's just been kind of sitting on their hands, you know, for the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, for the last couple of weeks, really. Um, the, the, the first big domino to fall in these set of negotiations came last week when Tampa Bay Rays um, starting pitcher ace Blake Snell came out and said that he was not going to play for less money. He thinks that playing for less money than anything that he agreed to is just BS. It's bogus. So that kind of set off this huge debate in which I ripped Blake Snell apart last week talking about how these players are just ridiculous. They're they're not culturally aware of the times that are going on. They're, they're not, you know, understanding of, of what the world is going through at this, at this moment. So I, I ripped him a new one for that. But at the same time, you know, there has been some interesting information that's come out from the player's side as to why, you know, they feel that they don't, no, they shouldn't have to take these play cuts, um, play cuts, pay cuts, excuse me. And, and, you know, the CBS article that I want to run through some highlights here does a really good job of kind of chronologicalizing everything. I don't even know if that's a word, putting everything into chronological order, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I said, May 14th, the Blake Snell um, situation happens. And that doesn't really that is just more so bad publicity publicity for the players. I don't think it necessarily did anything in the state of negotiation. I don't think it affected anything. Um, and after that, you know, there was some reports that came out that from the initial plan submitted by Major League Baseball, um, you know, that player compensation and safety still remained as the two biggest roadblocks to getting a deal done. Um, and that still does remain the case. Um, and then here on May 18th, this is interesting. The pl- uh, the owners actually going on the offensive here a little bit. They announced that they expect to lose around $600,000 per game without fans in attendance over the course of an 82-game schedule. So $600,000 a game is about the, the tab or, or the hit that these owners would take um, without fans in the stands for 82 games. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's, that sucks. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to lose $600,000 a game. I, I don't know how feasible that is, um, even for... For these multi-billionaires, I don't think any business is going to survive long-term losing six hundred thousand dollars a game. You know, I, I to be honest, I don't know if it's feasible for a for a club to survive like the Oakland Athletics or the Pittsburgh Pirates to lose six hundred thousand dollars a game. I don't know if you can make it through one season of that. I, I don't. I don't. It, that's just really perplexing to me. Um, so I, I also understand where the owners are coming from. I mean, how can you how can you run a business and expect to lose six hundred thousand dollars every time that business is it, you know every time that team plays? I mean that that's just not financially feasible. So that's an interesting thing. But here here's a little tidbit from the CBS um, article that I found interesting. There's no way of verifying those numbers given the closed book nature of professional sports accounting. Still, the above figure is the one is one of the reasons the owners are pushing for players to agree to further pay reductions as part of a fifty fifty revenue split. And I. I think this is where this is where you know you find the owners on one end of the spectrum and the players on the other end. The owners are pushing for an NBA NFL style salary cap in the sense that the 2020 season would have you know the revenues would be split based upon the amount of money that the game is generated from the TV contracts and, and typically you know part of that revenue comes from players in the stands. Um, this would help lessen the load and lessen the burden on the on the um on the owner's aspect, on their wallets, but in order for this to happen, the players would have to agree to taking significantly less less and, and reducing their salaries, which just does not seem to be realistic at this point. Um, so, so that, you know, the players seem to be very, very adamant that they are not going to go, you know, they're not going for further pay, restri- pay reductions and they do not want a 50-50 revenue split, even if it is 50-50. I mean, even if it's 60-40, I don't think the players are going to go for that. The players want to operate under the deals in which they signed, you know, whenever they were free agents and, and they want to, you know, the owners to live up to 
you know, the deal that was negotiated back in March in which the players agreed to take less money for the coming season based upon the amount of games in which they would play. And to be completely honest, if you're if I'm a player, I, I don't see how that's unfair. And I think the big situation here at the end of the day is, you know, both sides are going to have to take a hit here. You know, the owners are going to have to bend. The players are going to have to bend. The players are not. Listen, I, I think the players are truly living on planet delusional if they think that they're going to get their full salary for the current season. I mean, how do they expect the, the, the game to survive financially? You know, if these players are going to be getting paid the same amount of money that they would be if there was fans in the stadium. You know, I, I again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand the legality and the nuanced you know, aspects of these negotiations and whatnot. But I mean, just looking at it from my perspective, I don't understand how a player could possibly think that a league could survive if these players are getting paid their full amount without the traditional amount of revenue coming in. That just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just a total doozy. And so that, you know, MLB are on, on May 18th. That's when the owners came out and said that they would lose over $600,000 a game. And then on May 20th and the 21st, the MLB sent its initial proposal to the Players Associations. And um, deliberations have, you know, kind of continued from that point on, primarily over safety and also salary. Um, and then on May 22nd, the MLB presented its new economic plan, which just pissed the hell off out of a lot of these players. And to the players' credit, you know, they did offer some deferral. They presented the option to have some deferrals built into the contract for the coming season. And what that means is essentially, you know, instead of getting paid, instead of player X getting paid $5 million in 2020, he'll get paid a million and a half. And then the rest of that money will get paid, you know, paid out over a period of time, you know, kind of like the Bobby Bonilla situation with the New York Mets who receives, you know, a fat check of like a million something every year from them. Um, the owners did not bite at that. And that just disgruntled the players even more because it seems like the owners are hell bent on, you know, just trying to negotiate this 50-50 revenue split and not trying to play the players, you know, their agreed upon salaries despite the prorated um, agreement that, you know, that the two sides came to back in March. So um, very, very interesting. But that happened on uh, May 22nd. And then on May 24th, that's when the players came out to consider the deferrals to no avail. And then on May 26th, the owners make a financial proposal proposal, and the Players Association was officially labeled as disappointed. Uh, and then this is an excerpt from the CBS article as well. The union is said to be disappointed by the proposal, which includes, quote, massive pay cuts beyond the appropriated salaries they agreed to in March. The players will now review the proposal and counter. Um, and then May 27th, you know, just a couple, uh, just yesterday here, that's when Max Scherzer came out to speak uh, um, and basically, you know, kind of gave his two cents on the whole situation. So that's kind of a rundown. That's a timeline of the situation of events. Um, one other tidbit that I did want to throw in there is, you know, Scherzer's comments and everything. You know, there, there apparently there was no talks that took place on Wednesday due to previous frustrations from the Players Association and the owners' side. Um, and, you know, Bob Nightingale of USA Today um, also threw in a tidbit that, you know, th there does not really seem to be any end in sight here in regards to these negotiations. You know, there, the initial... when when you know these two sides have initially sat down in the middle of may there was an idea that hey you know this game you know we can maybe get spring training started up in the middle of june and have spring training or and, and have the season up and running right around the fourth of july you know bob nightingale came out and reported that you know these talks you know these preliminary talks and negotiations could extend well into the end of june and i mean if that's the case i mean is there even going to be a spring training i mean if if you don't have baseball up and running by some capacity to the fourth of july i mean how does this game survive how do you play a season you don't have at least 82 games 
And, and you know, the, these are just a few of the big hurdles that Major League Baseball and the Players Association are going to have to try to overcome. And again, it's going to take a unified effort. It's going to take the players probably accepting less money, and it's going to take the owners making some sort of guarantee, um, you know, as to how they're going to be able to make this right in the future. Again, I'm not a player. I'm not an owner. I'm a fan. All I want is for the game to come back. I mean, I just I just want to sit down, open a beer, you know, and hang out and watch a game. I mean, that's really all I want to do. And I think I speak for a majority of baseball fans here in Colorado. Unfortunately, easier said than done. Um, you know, so what, what, where, where do we go from here? You know, I don't really know. I don't think anybody knows what happens now. Um, you know, as I mentioned here at the beginning of the podcast as well, the NBA and the NHL seem to have, you know, these concrete plans that are starting to come together. Um, in regards to you know how they're going to get their seasons underway and whatnot, the NHL proposing that 24 team playoff where you know they're going to scrap the rest of the regular season um, and go straight to the postseason, and then you got the NBA who's considering playing all of their games out in Orlando at the Disney World Super Complex out there, which I think would be absolutely awesome and crazy at the same time. You know, and again, I said it in last week's podcast as well. It's just ridiculous that two sports in the NBA and the NHL, you know, that were in the middle of their seasons, that were in the middle of teams making playoff pushes, the fact that these teams might be able to somehow come back before baseball, whose season was supposed to start, you know, in the middle, you know, in the spring summertime, is just absolutely ridiculous. How is this? How is a league that is in the middle of its season, in the middle of its playoff pushes, that's juggling all of that stuff? How are they going to be able to find a plan to come back together and finish their season? And Major League Baseball is going to be unable to figure out a plan to get their season even started. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. And again, NHL, NBA, you know, two sports, two leagues where the players are on top of each other when it comes to physical contact. Major League Baseball in the sense where, you know, these players are naturally social distancing six feet apart with the exception of the umpire, catcher, and batter. So again, it just, it blows my mind. It just sucks that baseball can't get their heads on straight and, and really just figure out a way to get the sport back because I think this is a tremendous opportunity for the sport to gain some new fans and also gain some eyeballs as well. You know, but what are you going to do? I'm just uh, one blabbering fan. But uh, I want to take a moment here to tell you guys about DraftKings. The wait is finally over. DraftKings has brought legal sports betting to Colorado. Understandably, it may have flown under your radar, but sports are coming back. Just imagine how much more fun you'll have watching a game when you have some skin on the game. And the best way to get in on the action is with the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings, yes, that DraftKings has launched an online sportsbook created by sports fans for sports fans. This isn't some offshore operation like other gambling sites. DraftKings is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so you can be confident that your funds are secure. In a, in a time of limited sports, this is your chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme over your friends and family by trying out one of DraftKings' free to play contests. The contests are easy to play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of contests for an op opportunity to win cash prizes for free. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget don't forget to enter code MHS and get your sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. Colorado only. Bonus compromised of a first uh, compromised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So let's get back to talking about you know the state of the game and what the heck is happening in the baseball world because, I mean, I don't even know what the heck's happening in the baseball world. Seriously. You know, I sit here, you know, as a as a reporter of the Rockies, and I, I just don't even know how to, you know, kind of come up with a plan right now. 
I mean, do you want us to just, you know, talk about Carlos Gonzalez? I mean, seriously, there's just not a lot to talk about right now. And a lot of our focus is is turned towards how this league is going to figure out a way to get back and how how they're going to figure out a way to get back, you know, to playing and, 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 you know, hopefully getting fans back in the stadiums because it's just... To think about a year without baseball, I wasn't around in 94, 95, so I don't, I, all I know is the impact that, those, that that year had and with the strike and everything. But if you're really not going to have a whole year of baseball, that is going to decimate the fan base of the game, and that's going to kill this sport financially, a sport that already you know, is decreasing in regards to popularity around the country, you know, in regards to national popularity. So you know, th- this is just a whole gray cloud. And, you know, I had been talking about this before I was recording the podcast. You know, that the coronavirus, you know, once we were able to get the grip or a relative grip on this thing, you know, it was going to present a real opportunity for a league like MLB or a league like the NHL, and the NHL is running with this, you know, two leagues that are, you know, considered in the bottom tier of popularity of the core four to, you know, make up some lost ground here. Because if those are the only sports that are on TV, I know that's what I'm watching. And I'm pretty sure the casual football fan who's a sports fan as well is probably going to at least tune in. You know, so this is a this was a really good opportunity. It still is. It's still a, fin- a phenomenal opportunity for baseball to try to attract some fans and get some good ratings and and, and just get some good energy. You know, going in and some juice injected into the sport again. You know, there's been a, there's been a lot of negative PR and press surrounding baseball lately between the Astros cheating scandal and now this. And, and you know, just to see the players and the owners bicker like this, it's just so annoying. I mean, it's just so counterproductive. And and for somebody who I you know I consider myself a baseball lifer, and you know someone that wants to defend the game and loves the game, and you know is always telling you know young people that listen, baseball is great. You're just not watching it the right way. You know, for this kind of stuff to hang over me and hang over the sport, it's just absolutely disappointing and it's frustrating. Because how do you defend something like this? I mean, how do you defend something like this? You know, when you see the NBA and the NHL going out and making you know inroads and making progress towards you know getting their league started, so. It's just, it's absolutely frustrating. I understand where Max Scherzer is coming from. And then Scott Boris, I got to touch on Scott Boris here too. I guess Boris sent out an email saying, you know, and, and here's the thing Boris represents all the huge players, the Bryce Harpers of the world. He did represent Nolan Arenado at one point. You know, Robinson Cano, all these people, John Carlos Stanton. Or I, actually, I don't know if Stanton's a Boris agent. Um, but, but you know, Boris is known to get top dollar for his players and, you know, never settle for anything less. And he's also, you know, because of that, he's become a very big voice within the baseball community, you know, amongst those that aren't even represented by him. And, and here's, here's the headline here on ESPN. Agent Scott Boris tells MLB clients not to, quote, bail out baseball owners. And what he means by that is don't take a penny less than what you agreed to take back on March. And it's really hard to disagree with him because, I mean, if you're a baseball player, you agreed to take less money knowing that the season was probably going to suffer from the coronavirus. You already agreed to that once. You know, why would you take it again? You know, I kind of understand that thought process, but you also have to look at it. If if you don't budge a little bit for 2020, there's not going to be a 2021 or a 2022. So. You know, I think Scott Boris, I think Max Scherzer, you know, they're one example of an extreme. And I'm sure that there's a lot of private conversations happening between, you know, behind closed doors amongst the owners that are also on the other extreme side of the spectrum. And that's what it kind of comes down to. You know, and I've mentioned the NBA and the NHL. There's a unified drive to try to get these sports back. You know, that's not the same in baseball. The owners and the players want the sport to come back, but on their terms. There's not a lot of negotiation going on. There's not a lot of deliberation. And it really seems like there's a lot of kind of finger pointing and just trying to call people out to get more than what they want. You know, Jeff Passan of ESPN, I was watching a video from him on SportsCenter this afternoon. And, and, you know, he basically said that the owners, you know, request to lower the sal- the player's salary for the coming season was met with laughed from the Players Association, from the Players Union. I mean, seriously, like the players scoffed at, at the players' latest 
um, proposal that required them to take less money. They scoffed at it. They scoffed. They're not even willing to consider taking less money. And, I, you know, this, this just shows where we are in the state of baseball. You know, last week when I did the podcast, I was somewhat optimistic that come this week and the following weeks, you know, maybe we could have some good news. Maybe we'd be trending in the right direction. And it's just so unfortunate that we're doing the exact opposite. We're trending backwards. We're not making any progress, and, and we're losing progress, and we're losing, you know, optimism, if anything. And, you know... A glaring opportunity, a big opportunity for baseball to get back in front of the eyes of many, you know, get back front and center stage, you know, in front of the lives of sports fans is diminishing rapidly. And a lot of people are just getting fed up, both with the players and with the owners. And, you know, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, and there's a lot of people that call in, you know, that talk about, oh, you know, the players are the ones that are holding this up. And then, you know, you have the others that come in that say, oh, no, 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 the owners are the ones, you know, that they don't want to make a deal. You know, at the end of the day, this is just two sides being stubborn and being thick headed from my perspective. Two sides that, you know, I think are being greedy to an extent, two sides that want to get the better shake of this deal, and two sides that are putting business and finances ahead of the common good of the people and the public. And I know that maybe that's not the way business works, and I know you've got to be financially responsible as a business, but I can only tell you how I feel as a sports fan. And as a sports fan, it's absolutely mind-boggling to have to sit here and watch the players and the owners fight like little kids about this stuff. We just want baseball back. I wish it would just be that easy that I could just snap my fingers and baseball would be back. And we can have sports and we can bet on baseball and all that good stuff, we, but we can't. So this is the reality of the situation. The 28th of May, you know, we're about 60 days deep into this coronavirus pandemic stuff. And, you know, there, there's been some progress. We see we see now the uh, English English Premier League is getting ready to start here in June. NASCAR coming back. There's UFC event coming up as well. Um, you know, so there's been some progress in some of these leagues, but not Major League Baseball, um, which is discouraging to say the least. So hopefully when I come back and do the next episode of this podcast next week, there's some more optimistic news to report on. Um, you know, I'm going to try to talk to some people that, you know, both that are that are players and also people that understand the business aspect of this to try to get a better understanding as to why these two sides can't come to an agreement. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's just frustrating from the fans perspective. And and for anybody out there that agrees with me or that feels the same way that I do, you know, I'm here with you. It, it, it sucks. It sucks that a bunch of millionaires aren't going to be able to figure out how to get this game back on the field for the common people um, for us to watch. But what are you going to do? It's, uh, it's an interesting time in the world. You know, nothing's normal. And we're going to have to just sit on our hands and wait for the game to come back sooner or later. So, <sighs> That was 25 minutes of ranting, but um, I think I'm going to put out a bow on it with that. Um, this has been the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. This episode has been presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to j- download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the top sportsbook app in Colorado. A lot of good stuff coming from DraftKings. So I'll be back here next week uh, with a new installment of the 20th and Blake pod, t- hopefully with some more optimistic news to talk to you guys about um, You know, than we talked about this week. Uh, until then... Let's uh, keep the hope, keep the faith going, guys, and hopefully baseball will be back soon enough and we can hopefully pack Coors Field um, at some point this summer to enjoy the game that we all love. But uh, that's going to do it for me, folks. Let's see what the players and owners can do in the meantime. Until then, I'll talk to you guys next week.